Mum, it's been a while. Episode three, we're on now. Can I you know. It? No, it's so exciting. <laughs> That's actually what you said last time. That's it's why it's bit. even more exciting now. <laughs> Double exciting. <laughs> I think, yeah, we wanted to firstly just say thanks for tuning in again. It's been a while since we put another episode out there because of, you know, this big thing called COVID. So we didn't want to, you know, go virtually and just tune in. Um, at different spaces we wanted to be in the same room and now we can legally do that in mm-hmm. the same time so we're actually together just had a cup of tea ready to talk all things STIs okay. so I guess where we wanted to start with this is you know since we started this podcast we've had a lot of questions about STIs um, which are to be honest quite common from the questions that mum's had loads of times before in her work and definitely from friends of mine you know themes that keep coming up so there's a lot of fear, isn't there? Mm. A lot of stigma around. And I think it's about, um, this is really is to let you know things that maybe you should be a little bit concerned and careful about and hopefully dispel some of the myths about the things that arguably are less worrisome. Where should we start? I mean... I think probably, let's start with um, chlamydia and gonorrhea, okay. which is obviously, particularly under 25s, it's quite about 67% of cases are in under 25s, wow. but it's still quite prolific and... As we know, both chlamydia and gonorrhea can be treated with antibiotics, um, so they can be get rid of. Uh, The problem is, at the moment, is gonorrhea is ever-evolving and getting harder and harder to treat with antibiotics. So mm. we can see, you've probably heard the term super gonorrhea, which has been mainly... I don't know many people <laughs> would have heard super gonorrhea. Super gonorrhea, but it's oh. not a good thing to have because it just means it's very resistant to the normal antibiotics we oh, would no. treat so it with. so people would actually go in and get tested and like, you haven't just got gonorrhea. You've, you've got, got super, super gonorrhea, gonorrhea, but we don't have a super antibiotic. We do at the moment, but we might not have forever. So is that like the uni age students just... Um, not necessarily. I mean, a lot of it is the first sort of strain of super gonorrhea really came from Thailand okay. but it doesn't mean to say it can evolve anywhere really mm. and it is just a very clever bacteria and it's ever evolving so the usual message I mean obviously we say to people the best way to protect yourself from any STI chlamydia or gonorrhea primarily is using condoms um, but as we know condoms split and as we mm. also know the majority of us don't choose to use condoms and that has been the same for 40 years since I was sort of bouncing around and it will probably be the same forever but it's still using a condom is still the best way to protect yourself from the majority of sexually transmitted infections the thing with chlamydia as well is that sometimes you can have it for up to two years with no symptoms which is a little bit scary I've heard that about right guys Mm. can be carriers guys can have it but be carriers and not be affected well no it's just that they will have it and at some point they will get symptoms but it takes quite some time so it's always good if you have a new sexual partner Mm -hmm. certainly within two weeks of your first unprotected sex with them you have to wait two weeks to get an accurate chlamydia test and a chlamydia a gonorrhea test, you have to wait two weeks. Right. So there's no point having a one-night stand, going into a panic the next day and say, I need to be tested immediately. Mm. It's too soon. And you ah. can use the online testing sites. There's SHL London. 
where you can just register online. That's they will good. send you a self-test kit through the post. If you're in the Essex area, it's SH24, and you can request a testing kit. And they just send it home in a very discreet package. You pop it back in the post box. You don't have to go to a post office. It's all prepaid, and you will get a text with your results, certainly within a few days normally. Okay. So they're really good if you can't face going into a clinic. But as I say, the, the ideal thing is if you've got... A relationship with someone, if it is going to be a relationship as opposed to sort of casual sex, then it's a good idea to go and get tested mm. together before you start having and unprotected sex. You can, you can sex. have a nice like testing party, can't you? You can go for a testing oh, brunch. Yeah, you know, it'd be great stuff. Treat yourself some eggs Benedict. <laughs> and an SDI check. I just think it's a good, if you can't have that sort of discussion with the person you're going to have sex with, yeah. whether you want to share your body with somebody that you can't even have a discussion with Definitely. you might want to have a think about it but 100%. everybody's different if your thing is to have casual sex that's great but just make sure you try and protect yourself as mm -hmm. best you can and at the very least have a chlamydia and gonorrhea test two weeks after yeah. that unprotected sex and is gonorrhea so gonorrhea is still treatable absolutely it's, it's an injection more. in your bum at the moment okay it's one injection, injection and it's gone at the moment. But we always do what we call a resistance test. When you test positive for gonorrhea, mm -hmm. the lab will tell us what antibiotic will actually work to oh, knock it on cool. the head. But as I say, we know, we are aware it's ever evolving and there will be a point in probably the not too distant future where we may not be able to cure gonorrhea. Mm. And gonorrhea, as with chlamydia, can cause nasty, nasty problems if they're left untreated long term. And I'm talking about potentially affecting your fertility and that applies to men as well if it's left untreated for a long time. Yeah, because I reckon, well, again, probably assumption, but some guys might think it wouldn't have as bad of an effect on them if they left it. But that's not the case. I mean, boys are like that, yeah, unless their balls are the size of footballs or <laughs> unless they've got lumps or bumps or yeah, weird stuff happening, happens. then they don't get checked out. Yeah. So girls, all I would say is you look after you. Whatever mm -hmm. the guy says to you, whether there's symptoms or no symptoms, please get checked if it's a new partner and you're having unprotected yeah. sex. Gay sex, um, lesbian sex, whatever it might be. You know, yep. the... the risk of transmission is still the same yeah well not the same i mean obviously yeah. if you're if it's um if you're a lesbian and you're having girls and you're using sex toys mm. if they're not washed between if you're you're okay. sharing sex yeah. toys you can get chlamydia and gonorrhea from sex toys it's very unlikely women can often get chlamydia and gonorrhea in their throat oh. if they give oral sex to a guy okay you're less likely to get it if a guy goes down on a girl and gives oral mm -hmm. sex or a girl goes down on a girl giving oral sex mm -hmm. you're less likely to contract it that way because obviously if you're giving head to a guy yeah. it's deeper in your throat you're more likely to contract it yeah. but yeah if you go and have sexual health testing which you can also do online if you're having a lot of unprotected oral sex mm -hmm. or unprotected anal sex mm -hmm. you really need to get an oral swab done and also an anal swab okay. because sometimes especially then if you use condoms for vaginal sex because you don't want to get pregnant yes. but you have unprotected anal or oral you could still get chlamydia and gonorrhea but obviously okay. the vaginal swab would probably be negative so it gives you a false you've got to cover every orifice absolutely basically. any in outy stuff needs to be checked okay check yeah. your in outy stuff and just make yeah. sure ladies you're looking after you absolutely yeah. and that sort of brings us on to because obviously we've talked about using condoms yes um nobody's naive enough to say to think that everybody will use a condom every time but there are things that you can contract, like herpes, yes, even if you use a condom. Con oh, really? Herpes is skin-to-skin -skin contact. Herpes, I, get, I, I feel like herpes is still quite an unknown amount amongst people and a lot of fear around it. There is a lot of fear about it. But, but essentially, 
um, is a cold sore on your bum. That's essentially what it is. The cold sore virus yeah. um, is what we call herpes type 1 yeah. and genital herpes is herpes type 2. Mm-hmm. Now, if a guy has got a cold sore on his mouth and he gives you oral sex, he could transmit herpes to your genitals. Oh, so yeah? you can trans- transmit from mouth to Exactly. Oh, right. And if you go down on a guy who happens to have genital herpes, you can also catch it in your mouth. So it basically can transfer between the different strains it can if you have one particular strain and now to put this into context and so i don't mean to undermine some people if they have herpes have horrific outbreaks and it it blights their life so i don't for one minute mean to undermine how that makes people feel even if you don't get it very badly it can still make you feel awful Mm. but to put it into context nearly 85 percent of the population will have the herpes virus if you've ever had unprotected sex without a condom primarily you probably have got the herpes, right? It's the same as the chickenpox virus, slightly different strains, but I won't go into the complexities. If you get shingles, that is all the herpes virus. The majority of us have the herpes virus. It was, up until the 80s, it was something that everybody got at some point maybe in their lives. The majority of us will have it. It doesn't mean you will ever have an outbreak Mm. or that you would ever know that you've got herpes. So it's that, so we always get, again, probably like growing up when I was a lot younger, you know, chlamydia was the one that every, it was everywhere. It was mm. rabid, you know, mm. everyone's got it. I think, you know, and you're saying then herpes actually probably gets a really bad rap, but I'm not saying it's a good one to have, but it's probably more prevalent than we 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 say or think absolutely absolutely and if you have cold sores you have herpes type Mm one you have a certain amount of protection against other strains of herpes but that doesn't mean to say that you can't get type two on your genitals and say if you had a nice meaty cold sore on your lip and you touched your lip and then you touched your genitals you could auto inoculate i.e transfer it down Mm -hmm. but that's very unusual it doesn't often transmit that way but it's possible okay so as I say, something that people really worry about and it isn't nice to have and it's true that we can't cure herpes per se because it lives in the nerve endings once you've been exposed to it. So once you've got it, you've got it for life. You have, but it's not, as I say, you may never get an outbreak ever. Yeah. The most common time to get an outbreak is if you're run down if you've been unwell for another reason and your immune system is compromised, Mm. that is when you may get your outbreak. And sometimes you may have been exposed to it years ago, up to 10, 15 years ago. It doesn't mean to say that because you've got an outbreak now that your current partner has been cheating or any, it does not mean that Uh, at all. See, that's probably quite a stickler for people because I reckon people don't know that. So then if you're with a new partner, everything's been fine and you get an outbreak, yep. then you think, well, you must have given it to me. Exactly, but that is not or, the case with herpes. Mm. So it's with dormant, almost, exactly. like a little herpes volcano. And it's the same with the wolf virus. The wolf virus yeah. we worry less about because it is... It, our genital warts in themselves are harmless. Again, not nice to have, particularly if you get them quite prevalently. If you left them and did nothing with them, the majority of them would go on their own. But obviously, it's not nice to have, mm. and we can treat them. But again, it's something that your immune system in some cases can eradicate on its own. Or again, it's one of those that could just flare up. It lives just underneath the skin. And again, if you're run down, if you smoke, not that I'm the perfect health person in the world, but (laughs) if you smoke, we know that that is one of the biggest contributors to the effect on your immune system. So if Mm. you smoke, you're much more likely to get an outbreak of herpes or genital warts if you already have the virus. So again, you could 
have warts yeah. as a you could have it as a virus that you have now. Yeah. But you could live without an outbreak forever. Absolutely. You could go on, yeah. The most common time for women to have an outbreak is when you're pregnant because your immune systems tend ah. to be fighting things on all oh, levels. God, can you imagine? So you're a lot of women and you're getting an outbreak. Yeah, they get an outbreak of herpes or they may get their first outbreak of genital warts. Which are treatable. Genital yeah. warts are treatable. Yeah. Um, and that's treated by like freezing or it is. Dry ice or there yeah. are topical creams. You can't have those during pregnancy, but the majority of the time, it depends where the warts are. You can't use that for internal treatment yeah, at all. I can imagine you with like, you know, when you get a fire... Like you blow torch and you. We you do, go. yeah. I have to put a face guard down, and we get everybody to clear the room, yeah. and then it's like, no, it feels a little bit uncomfortable, but it's not. I mean, young children get their warts frozen off in in the doctor's surgery. Yeah, it's very it's very easy to do to get rid of. Um, there's a different other types of the wart virus, different strains that we know can contribute to cervical cancer but yes, they're not the HPV same with exactly women. Yeah, that's a... hpv is the wart virus okay. but that's not the strains that cause genital warts so because you have one doesn't necessarily mean you have the other but we're going to be talking about smears and hpv in another episode so i'll go into that in a bit more detail look at then. you teasing content for the next episode. <laughs> so anyway going back to herpes <laughs> if you have a herpes outbreak Herpes is one of those weird, I'm concentrating on it because I know it's the one that most people seem yeah, to worry about. I reckon it is. If you get a herpes outbreak, sometimes it can look like the classic ulcers and blisters, but sometimes it can actually just look like a red patch of skin or even like little paper cuts. Okay. The thing you will know is if you touch it, you will jump through the ceiling. So it's really sore. It is very painful. Okay. But normally if you did nothing at all within seven to ten days, it will be gone. We cannot treat it, but we can manage it. Mm. So if within sort of 6 to 12 hours of that outbreak, if you think you've got an outbreak coming, we can give you an antiviral called a cyclovir. And what a cyclovir does is it shortens the outbreak and makes it less severe. But okay. it doesn't stop you ever. You, you can still, still get future yeah. outbreaks. You may never get another outbreak. Mm. So we can manage it. And some people that are really blighted with it and get regular outbreaks, we don't know how it's going to be for an individual. We have yeah. to sort of monitor it. Can somebody go on medication or something to manage if they've got really bad? Absolutely. So if you have more than maybe six outbreaks in a year, we would put you on what we call suppressive medication. So that would be a cyclovir every day. But that would stop you having outbreaks yeah. in the majority of cases. And we try not to keep you on it forever. It's something that we try and we try and uh, wean you off it. But there are options to do that if it's something that's really awful for you and it's very uncomfortable. Mm. But it's about normalising is probably the wrong word. But as I say, when you look at it in context, yeah. then the majority of us have it. Of course, when you have an outbreak and particularly the tingly feeling you get before an outbreak, mm. which you start to learn start if you do have... Yeah. If you have had an outbreak before, that is when you are most contagious. But as I say, and that is when the most likely time you can pass it on to a partner. So obviously, you probably wouldn't feel like having sex, but if you do, you must use a condom. But I would strongly advise you not, not to have to. sex yeah. while you're at that particular stage. Um, and there is some evidence to suggest that you can actually pass it on even when you don't have an outbreak. Right. That's called asymptomatic shedding. But bearing in mind when we... Beginning of the conversation was that the majority of us would have been exposed to the virus yeah. anyway. Didn't you say something to me before we got recorded in that if you've had sex with what, what was it, eight partners? Or eight partners. 
I mean, that's not Again, like yeah. eight, you've automatically got it. But the research <laughs> is on average, on yeah. average, if you've had eight partners in your lifetime, the yeah. chances are you've been exposed to the virus. Okay. So that's quite a lot, really, isn't it? It is. Quite a lot of people, I'm sure. It's quite a lot of people. But some people, um, an attack is triggered by sex, ironically, which is a bit unfair. Yeah. But there's some really, really good lubricants. And now most we always use water-based lube, but there's some silicone-based lubes mm. that are extremely silky and much nicer because even the water-based ones can get a bit cloggy you know they yeah. dry a little yeah. bit so somebody that has outbreaks due to sex sometimes silicone silicone based lubricant can work really well can that's for anybody can use that and do people get herpes they get them internally as well you can you yeah, can have internally means. men can get it in their bottoms mm. women can get it in their bottoms if they're having anal sex mm. um and also you can get it in your urethra so when you oh, wow. wee, it can be... So sometimes women present and men present with really burning, stinging when they yeah. pass you, which could be a sign of chlamydia, it could be a sign of other things. Yeah. But occasionally Sanctus. it is exactly... Occasionally it can be because you've got a herpes outbreak, but it's inside the wow. urethra. And you wouldn't know unless you test for it. And how do you test for it? Is it well, we do, we do a swab. Yeah. No, you swab. can. There is a very expensive £500 blood test. But I would advise nobody to do that because it will probably almost I don't think inevitably would be biting your arm off for that one. No, to almost inevitably you will test positive because the majority of us have it. Yeah. Then you will be panicking the rest of the time, waiting for this outbreak to occur that may never happen. Yeah. So when we get it, when you've actually got an outbreak, we can swab the sore or the the area. And then we send it off to the lab and that will confirm whether it's herpes or not mm. in most cases. But we need a good sample. Sometimes we do the sample, mm. comes back as a false negative because we haven't got a good enough sample. Got yeah. So it'd be a little bit little bit painful, but it can be a bit uncomfortable. We only nice. just swab the surface yeah. of the skin or the sore. Yeah, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but that's the only real way of knowing mm. what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, really interesting. And I know we how we're we doing for time we've got a couple more minutes and oh, so we, we want to, to talk about sort of thrush and bee yeah. as well. so these these i think again makes me think about our vagina episode when it yes. doesn't get enough air time <laughs> but it's really personal to women because and men um mm. particularly with thrush but i know that it can be quite common and again a bit of a stigma around it you know people yeah. sneak to get your caniston and you know sort yourself out or you know it's a really it's a delicate area, but we want to be honest about what's going on. And I think probably a lot of women probably have symptoms and have experienced symptoms that relate to thrush and BV, yeah. but maybe don't know what it is, mm. um, conscious of what it is, mm. don't know what to do about it. Yeah. So have you got, you know... Again, it's a, again, harking back to episode one, vaginas look after themselves, yeah. generally speaking. You do not want to be using perfume shower gels or anything mm. down that just warm water is sufficient to wash your bottom with generally speaking <laughs> yeah. thrush and bb live in your vagina all the time and they only rear their ugly heads one of the common things is ironically after you've had antibiotics if you've had antibiotics yes. for a chest infection you will probably get thrush because the antibiotics kill off all of the good stuff as well as the bad yeah. so that's quite common to get thrush after a course of antibiotics um, anything that affects the ph balance in your vagina so if you wash internally 
real no-no, no, no. that will do that. Again, ironically, if you've been stressed or unwell, anything that's going to alter your body's composition, really, that's going to make you feel mm. a bit under pressure, you can get a bit of thrush and BV. Thrush is normally the thick, cloopy, white discharge yeah. that can be itchy Lovely. and sore. The best kind. Lovely. <laughs> BV usually is the minging smell, like something yeah. died up there, something really fishy. <laughs> something... <laughs> Something died up there. It can be that bad. We all know what our bodies normally smell like. We all have our own. Vaginas are not meant to smell like strawberries or flowers. They okay. just smell, but you would know what was normal for you. Yeah. So if it's a minging smell, think, geez, I've never smelled that before. It's possible <laughs> that it's BV. Okay. As long as you've got exclude vaginosis. And it's good, though, to exclude. Gonorrhea can have a smell like okay. that, but the discharge is different. So as long as you're sure it isn't chlamydia or gonorrhea or trichomonas, which is another sexually transmitted, it's like a little parasite oh. that can cause a frothy yellow discharge oh, and itching. Wow. You need to exclude other things. So if you yeah. get, it's always good to do a test to make sure that it's not an STI related so rather than fresh and baby. or the online... Um, forums that you can get to download to get yeah sure i mean you can them. buy over the counter treatment for thrush and bv it's all it's not going to do any harm to try that first yeah. but if you've not had a recent sexual health screen if you've got other symptoms that you're concerned about please get checked out because mm -hmm. it can be something else so yeah. it's always good to exclude the more traditional sexually transmitted infections and again they can be passed on during sex well we don't class bv not Thrush definitely between partners. It's not yeah. what we call a sexually transmitted infection, but if a woman or a guy has thrush, mm -hmm. you can give it to your partner. And ironically, if you have a new partner, never had thrush before, but suddenly you start getting thrush, sometimes a male sperm changes the pH balance of your vagina. So someone says, I'm always getting thrush every time I have sex with this guy, and I never had it before. If it's a new partner, it's a possibility that that's what's triggering it. He's got acidic sperm. Well, Sort of, yeah. <laughs> so, like, look, love, I'm rocking at a pH balance of seven. You're bringing me down to a four harm. So you need to, <laughs> need to up your alkaline. Absolutely. Or we need to break it off. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's something you can talk to, obviously, a sexual health nurse about, yeah. using condoms, making condoms fun again. That's okay. what we need to do. But that's a whole podcast in itself, that I think, is, about. Making condoms fun. Yeah. And I think. We are probably hitting the end of time now. Again, with these episodes, we probably have to do part twos because I'm I sure... I think we'll have to do a part two because yeah, we haven't touched on different HIV topics. and um, MG. But if you... How we try to end them, key takeaways for the listeners. I would say, basically, anything that you're concerned about, please get checked out. And if you are having unprotected sex as well as the risk of pregnancy, please get checked out at least every three months mm -hmm. if you're having multiple partners whatever yeah. you choose to do and that's whether you're male female whatever type of sex you're involved in please get yourself regularly checked and as I say it can be done discreetly online you do not have to go into a yeah. sexual health clinic just so that you know and then it can be dealt with most things can be dealt with and managed eight herpes as we touched on has to be managed it can't be treated but as I say has to be seen in context and obviously HIV which we'll save for another another session but yeah so anything you're concerned about please just talk to a professional get a test get yeah test make condoms fun again mm -hmm. make yeah. condoms fun again yeah and better and to know that's what i would say better to know better to know keep your balance ladies keeps your balance yeah, yeah okay. keeps your balance <laughs> thanks everyone again for listening um please again comment give us your questions we'd love to get your feedback and look have a great day stay safe out there and we'll speak soon